McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. The, is it morning yet? Deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Get any sized iced coffee for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And sweeten the deal when you pair it with a baked apple or pumpkin and creme pie. After all, why wait to treat yourself? Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Season 4 of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. And Welcome to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky. I'm so thankful for what the wonderful Holy Spirit is doing in us and through us around the world. I want to encourage you guys. I have a free PDF download available for you on how to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. If you're curious about the baptism with the Holy Spirit, if you're seeking it, if you're looking for a spiritual prayer language, that PDF resource is available for you in the podcast description on how to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Do you want the power of God to be evident in your life? Do you need to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit? Are you curious about the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues? And do you want it in your life? My wife and I have a free e-course available for you called the Baptism with the Holy Spirit, where you will learn the biblical truth and spiritual reality of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And you'll hear true stories of how people receive the promised gift. The videos in this e-course will expand your knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit baptism. You'll be drawn closer in relationship with the Holy Spirit and receive prayer and activation into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can also go through it with a small group of friends, a church class, or a discipleship group. You could download the accompanying PDF for each lesson and apply the principles to your life and take the action steps. Your faith will grow as you read the scriptures, watch the videos, and participate in the activation. The gift is for you. The gift is for today. The gift is to empower your spiritual life. We know that you will finish this course with the divine empowerment that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So start your journey today. Go to charismacourses.com collections and click on Jared Lasky and enroll in the baptism of the Holy Spirit e-course. But guys, I'm so excited for my very special guest today. I have Pastor Greg Locke of Global Vision Bible Church from Tennessee, which is just outside of Nashville. He's a social media firebrand. He's the author of the number one, number one best-selling spiritual warfare series and the host of On Point with Pastor Greg Locke. He's got a bachelor's degree in biblical studies, a master's degree in revival history, and God is using him in some amazing things. And he's got this new movie coming out, this documentary, Come Out in Jesus' Name. So I want to please help me welcome Pastor Greg Locke to Adventures in the Spirit. Pastor Greg, welcome. Good morning, my friend. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. I, 
Pastor Greg, I'd love for people who are not familiar with you, because I'm pretty familiar with you. I've seen sure. your, your live streams. I've seen uh, some of your books and things like that. I, I just saw the screener to the movie come out in Jesus' name. What a powerful movie. Awesome. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But say if someone is not familiar with you, can you share your story of how you came to Jesus and was called into ministry? Absolutely. In 1992, in the month of April, uh, I was actually sent to a children's home. I had been there for a couple of months, but they took me to a revival meeting at a Baptist church in Nashville. And I'd heard the gospel. I understood the gospel. But my grandmother always told me if I ever got saved, that Jesus would change me. And I wasn't interested in change. I wasn't interested in repentance. I just I just wanted to believe in God, but still have my own juvenile delinquency. And so after six times of arrest, five times of probation, I was in state's custody and was removed from my home, put in a children's home. And again, in April, I was saved really only a, a little while after I'd got there. I just knew the gospel so well that when I really heard it and I really listened for the first time, I knew this is it. It's now or never. This is your opportunity from the Holy Spirit. And I was saved that night. My basketball coach led me to Christ. And then from there, I remained at that orphanage, at that boy's home for about four years. Then I went off to Bible college and I traveled as an evangelist for almost 11 years all over the world. And then in 2006, I never thought I would pastor. I was always seven suits and seven sermons, you know, blow in, blow up and blow out. And then uh, the Lord said, I want you to come off the road full time. And I want you to start a church for broken people in your hometown. And I never understood what Jesus meant until I did it when he said a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. Because the problem is when you come from there, those people are still there, right? You outgrew them spiritually, a lot of them. And so when you come back and you're offering them Christ, man, some of them are weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth because it's almost, oh, do you think you're better than we are? And so that was a very interesting dynamic when we launched the church in 2006. And then in 2015, of course, things just kind of went buck wild with social media. And here we are. The Lord just grew our church unbelievably. A lot of that growth has come the last three years because of the COVID debacle, because we just, you know, we just said, we're not going to close our church. That's just against the very nature of the church and the very nature of who I am as a shepherd. And so we literally outgrew a 300-seat wedding chapel, and about six tents later, we're in a 3,000-seat tent. And so to God be the glory, He's done some unbelievable things, and He's just given us a massive size platform so that we can spread the message of Jesus. Yeah, I love that. You mentioned 2015 and just kind of how it grew from there. Can you can you explain that? Because, yeah, you were just kind of everywhere on social media. Just <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing videos on Facebook for several years. I was just in my truck, and I would just talk to my church. Hey, guys, I want to talk today about you know, Revelation chapter three or whatever. And and I'd get, if I got 500 views, I thought I was a televangelist. You know, it's like unbelievable. And so we finally built our page to about 4,000 people. I never really even used it that much. And then of all things, I did a video when the Supreme Court came out for same-sex marriage. I did a video called, I'm coming out of the closet. It was really completely antithetical to what they were talking about, you know, just absolutely the opposite. And so I was very bold. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to put this on my on my what I thought was a big page at that point with 4,000 followers. And then I turned my phone off, literally, and I went to Canada and I did the world's longest mountain bike race for two weeks and never even had my phone. I mean, I'm in the back country from Canada to Mexico on the spine of the Rocky Mountains on this self-supported bicycle endeavor. And when I got finished, our page had grown to about 50,000 people. The video had been seen 6 million times. The media was waiting on me when I got home. And I'm like, what is this? So from that moment, everything we did that was bold or controversial just seemed to garner so much attention. And then the page just grew and grew. We got a blue check mark. I remember one of our staff guys at that time, when we got the 250,000 followers, He's like, this is a whole new level. You have to understand that you're going to be under a lot of scrutiny and there's going to be a lot of media attention. 
never could have imagined that with our Facebook pages would be over 3 million followers. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And it's just like everything we did, built the platform, built the platform, built the platform. I probably didn't help myself some in the early days because I was, I would show up to every fight that I was invited to, right? Because I was just driving the controversy. And I tell a lot of these social media guys, don't chase the wind. If you chase the wind and look for a story and look for a video in everything that happens, it's going to blow up in your face and you're just going to be kind of a, a flash in the pan individual. And so I began to realize that the reason God grew this platform was for what you mentioned a few moments ago. It was for the ministry of deliverance, which is controversial in and of itself. So it fits who we are, but the controversy grew the platform, but now we're moving forward with the ministry of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fivefold ministry. And yes, you can be set free through the name of Jesus. That's why we have a massive platform. And that's what I want to steward it for at this point. That's a long way around the barn, but I'm a pastor, so I get to preaching sometimes. <laughs> well, amen. Yeah, that's exciting. Just, you know, you got to be faithful to who God has called you to be Amen. and be faithful in the tools he's given you. And he's obviously blessed you through, I mean, dude, seriously, I think everybody would love to have several million followers on yeah. Facebook or ministries and, and God has really blessed you through that. And now you've got this new movie coming out, come out in Jesus name. So I want to show, I've got a minute and a half. I think it's about a two minute video clip that I'd love to show people who are listening to this or watching this. So, and then after that, I'd love to pick up the conversation yeah. on how you got into deliverance. A spirit is nothing more than a person without a body, so they have to have a body to inhabit. You know, and they come from somewhere that you can't see. The spirit world is real, more real than people can imagine. They have to have a flesh to fulfill their perverted, wicked, nefarious perversities of life. Everybody's looking for their spiritual guide. Everybody's trying to connect with the spiritual realm. While at the same time, the church simply says miracles don't exist, angels don't exist, demons don't exist. My friends, something is wrong. The number one demon that needs to be cast out of the church is the demon of religion. You're sleeping with somebody outside of marriage. You're lusting. You're watching porn. You're beating your wife when nobody's looking. You come to church looking all great and stuff, walking around. But you were just out there yelling at your wife, calling her a B word and all that stuff. And some of you, no offense, but you're in here now. And you ain't manifested yet because you refuse to repent and lose your dignity. He's raising up ministries that's going to kick the door in and tell the devil, let my people go. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I thought it was clairvoyant. I did tarot cards. I'm talking the new age thing. I had psychic friends. I thought it was psychic. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Wow, what a powerful, powerful movie. I, I got to see a pre-release screener of this. The Holy Spirit is all over this. So Pastor Amen. Greg, how did you get into deliverance ministry <laughs> and then even uh, start this documentary that is coming out March 13th? It has been the most unusual and organic Holy Spirit journey that I've ever been on in 30 years of preaching and being saved. There is no doubt because people will understand in this movie that really it's not just the overarching idea that there's power in the name of Jesus, which certainly there is, 
we start the movie, as you've seen the e-screener, kind of with the introduction of how I got to this place because I was a major cessationist. I believed every gift ceased. I did not believe in any extra work of the Holy Spirit. I didn't believe in tongues, miracles, signs, wonders. I jokingly tell people Deliverance to me was a Burt Reynolds movie in the 70s. I mean, I had no idea about any of this, nor did I want to. And the Lord began to allow me to take off my denominational lens and just say, Holy Spirit, please teach me. Your word says that you are the greatest professor. You're the greatest teacher on the planet. And I need to be taught because I began to have questions that religion and denomination were angry that I was bringing up, if that makes sense. And so it was almost like I was coming up against the establishment, but I'm the kind of John the Baptist guy that just wants to cut the head right off the establishment, right? Just just cut the head off the dragon. And I'm like, somebody's got to answer these questions. And my wife's like, look, nobody's going to answer them. The Holy Spirit's going to have to answer these questions for us. And so let's seek and pray and fast and read and study and scour YouTube videos and let's figure this out. So we did this a lot by ourselves, just in the secret place. And then, as you know, there was a young lady one day while we were still entertaining the idea of the gifts. Now, we had started to move somewhat into the gifts of the Spirit. You know, we'd already dropped the name Baptist from our church years ago in like 2012. And so we'd already become very much more what they would call charismaniac, right? And my friend group began to change. And so we were just having this baptismal celebration and a little girl, literally, who wasn't even supposed to be in the baptistry, was being held by her grandmother. She got in and well, her eyes, as you'll see in the movie, they just they were just super dark. And she just had this moment, a couple of moments before and after when I tried to dip her and her grandmother in the water, which in my Baptist brain was very weird. I'm thinking to myself, we've got a two-for-one deal going on here. Why is this girl doing this? But I didn't want to embarrass her on the live stream. And so she began to hiss. She began to growl. And uh, she just began to get forceful, especially when we were done. She came up out of the water. And she put her hands in our face like claws and just manifested a full-blown cat. And I'm like, what is this? I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I've heard about it, National Geographic, you know, somewhere in Zimbabwe. This doesn't happen in, you know, Mount Juliet, Tennessee, but it clearly did. And it sent my wife and I on a journey to understand, here's an eight-year-old girl in a baptistry that's demonized by an evil spirit that we didn't even understand. We had enough power and authority to help her. To me, she seemed like she was 10 foot tall and bulletproof, right? She was just a little kid. And we've never found her since. Well, we've since figured out her name because we went back. We found the footage that we had scrubbed for the movie. And, and I don't know. It was the moment. It was the, it was the catalyst to bring us literally to this interview where we are, to bring us to movie theaters all over America. God used that little girl. It's interesting. The Bible says, a little child shall lead them. Well, a little child led us. Now, this, this girl manifesting in our baptismal service, live for the whole world to see, it so shook me. It so rocked me. I mean, it's been a very, very long time since that transpired. And I still get teary-eyed. I still get emotional when I think about that moment. And it wasn't the moment that gets me. It's what that moment led to. Because everything from them, from that moment, has been the, the snowball effect. And now our church is in full-blown revival again. I mean, it's not like we weren't in revival. We had thousands of people coming. We were baptizing thousands of converts. People were being healed left and right. God was doing a great work. But he decided to send revival as a sovereign act in the middle of revival. And deliverance changed everything about us. I sought the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I sought for more gifts. I sought for my prayer language. But I had been so taught against it, it was hard for me to accept it. But once I personally went through deliverance, the very night I went through deliverance, 
that man that took me through deliverance, Henry Schaefer, that's in the movie, he laid his hands on me. Bam. I immediately received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and my prayer language. And you can't go back from that. Once that's out of the box, you cannot go back from that. And I'm like, wow, I was boring for a very, very long time as a pastor and as a Christian. But deliverance opened all of that up. It opened the gifts up in our church. The spirit of infirmity began to come out on a very daily basis. People being healed from cancer, tumors falling off. But children with autism that have never spoke a word in their life began wow. to speak. People getting out of wheelchairs. Things that I read about. In revivals gone by, and I'm like, eh, well, maybe. No, there's no maybe. We're watching it happen every single day of our ministry. And deliverance is the very thing that brought that about. Amen. Yeah, that, that's exciting uh, what God is doing through the deliverance ministry, setting people free. You know, I know that there's a lot of controversy about deliverance. Yes. You know, even some people listening right now, they're like, can a Christian have a demon? And there's theological papers, white, white papers on all this stuff. But speaking from experience, Jesus had to cast demons out of the synagogue first. Yeah, I've been set free from the spirit of addiction years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I know what this is like. And we walk in freedom. What is your take when someone asks you, because I think I, you guys addressed this on the movie, come out in Jesus yeah. name. Can mm -hmm. a Christian have a demon? Where do you go with that? Well, I tell people, a Christian can have anything they want, right? They can have anything they want. And it, it blows my mind that we can believe that in our flesh, because everybody says, well, you know, light and darkness don't dwell together in the same body. Oh, yes, they do. The Holy Spirit lives in my spirit. My flesh is still wicked. The Bible says the works of the flesh are still murder and adultery and maliciousness and gossip and envy and jealousy and bitterness. So why do we believe that all that stuff can live in my flesh when the Holy Spirit still obviously lives in my spirit, in the, the inner man of my temple, but then a demon can't live in my flesh. We're not talking about possession. That is a very unfortunate translation. It's a very unfortunate word. The Greek word in the New Testament means to be demonized. So whether you call it possession, oppression, affliction, my point is I don't care. People are being tormented by demons. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. Fear has torment. Perfect love casts out fear. That's written to Christians. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's written to Christians. You know, Peter turned around and he looked at Ananias and Sapphira, who were two saved, baptized, Holy Ghost-filled people in the church that were giving huge amounts of money to the church. They just happened to get deceived by the enemy and lied about it. And he looked at Ananias and said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? It doesn't mean that Satan completely possessed him. It means he never would have made that decision had he not been under the effect, the affliction, and the oppression of the enemy. And so there's a lot in the Bible about Christians being able to have demons. The most controversial is Paul. Here's a guy that wrote 14 books of the Bible, and most of them he wrote from jail. I mean, when Paul showed up to town, he didn't look for the Hampton Inn or the Hilton High Rise. You know, he looked for a jail cell because he knew in about three days he was going to be laying there on a bale of hay, three hots and a cot. And here's what Paul said. He said, in my flesh, in my flesh, there is a messenger of Satan right. to buffet me. Messenger is the Greek word angelos. He said, I had an angel of Satan in my flesh that gave me a spirit of affliction. And so regardless if it came out or not, it's not the point. The point is, under inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he admitted that he had affliction in his body that was caused by a malevolent entity, a demon, an evil spirit. And so people can argue about it all they want. But the interesting thing is when people get mad and they're like, I'm here to tell you right now, I know what the Bible says. There is no way that a Christian can have a demon. My answer is always the same. Your demons are talking. Yes, that is the biggest lie that the enemy has ever sold the church, that we cannot be under demonic affliction. Because when you put on the armor of God, that is something that you have to do to prescriptively prepare not to be under the influence of the enemy. 
because the armor of God is not to stand against the culture. The armor of God is not to stand against your flesh, and it's not to stand against the world. You put on the armor of God for one reason, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day against the wiles, the trickery of the devil. Because in the last days, the Bible says that Christians, faith-filled believers, will give heed, they will submit to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. So to me, it is a moot point, right? Everybody wants to argue about it. But the facts are experience and theology are matching in our ministry every day. And we are watching Christians, not lost people, Christians be set free of evil spirits of torment and oppression every single day. And there's no going back from that. So it's a big argument for people to have. But I think we did a pretty decent job in the movie of kind of uh, debombing, deworming, if you will, that idea that Christians can't have demons, because certainly they can, or we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. What was the inspiration to making the movie, making the documentary, just knowing, hey, we could impact millions of people's lives right now through this? Or was there, like my wife, my wife is the inspiration behind my podcast. She came to me, Jared, you should start a podcast. So uh, who inspired you or what inspired you to make the documentary? You know, we were in the midst or really getting ready to start, I guess, our first national deliverance conference, our training conference. And so I, I came to Wayne, who you've met, and set all this show up. And I said, Wayne, what would happen if we just turned the cameras, not to embarrass people and we can wipe people's face out, but what would happen if we decided to let the world know what's happening, but on a grand scale? And it was really just like a an over-coffee idea because they'd been talking about doing a documentary there's another documentary that's coming out, I think, maybe in May or June, and our church is kind of the lead player in that documentary. We didn't do it. It's called uh, Exorcism in America, Did the Devil Make Me Do It? And it's really more uh, between me and some Catholic exorcists and then the Satanists on the other side talking about the New Age and witchcraft and things. And so I knew that was going to be coming out, and I had done some some presentations and interviews for it. And I told Wayne, I said, let's do our own thing. Let's pray and fast and press in. Let's see if we can just get in a handful of movie theaters, even if it's just in the area, to let people know. And lo and behold, it wasn't very long that, uh, you know, PR firms, movie distribution firms were really going back and forth, kind of fighting over the over the script. They're like, no, we like this. We love this. This is controversial. This is cool. This will fill up theaters. And before I knew it, boom, hundreds and hundreds of theaters are selling out literally all over America. And we are already, we have far surpassed what they call the week release, right? What what they look for as a golden ticket number the week the movie comes out. We're a month out and we did it in six days. So people are hungry for this material. They're hungry for this subject because even lost people or lukewarm Christians, they're looking for some type of power. They're, they're looking for some type of new age connection. You know, Moses threw down his stick. It turned into a snake. The Egyptians threw down their sticks. They turned into snakes. The world has power. We have power. We just have to figure out which one of those power sources we're going to derive our authority from, right? But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so the entirety of the point of the movie is to show people that you are just like that little lady that stands outside your public school with lanes of traffic moving every direction. All she does is throw up her hand and everybody stops. Not because she has an FBI warrant, not because she has a siren on her face, and not because she has an AR strapped to her. You stop because the hand she throws up represents the authority that has been delegated to her. And we have delegated authority. And it's time for the church to stop sitting on her hands and being mamby-pamby, tickle-me-elmo, and stand up and walk out into the street of this culture, throw up our hand and say, stop, devil, enough is enough in the name of Jesus. And it works. 
Amen. Enough is enough in the name of Jesus. So on the movie, you talk and you have scenes of mass deliverance. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on what mass deliverance is? Because instead of doing just one-on-ones, onesies and twosies, mass deliverance became a thing. So can you share about how you walked into that, even what that looks like, and then a couple of uh, success stories from that? Yeah. You know, our mass deliverance services were a necessity for us because so many people were coming. I mean, in the early days, when it broke out, it broke out. We literally were having church services go from 1030 in the morning on Sunday till 2.30 Monday morning. It was unsustainable. We didn't have a team. We didn't have trained altar workers when it came to that. It was like me and my wife, and we were throwing people in every week, every day, trying to figure it out. We would go through all of those hours. I would get up then at 6 o'clock on Monday morning to go do men's Bible study. I would drive back to the church, and 150 people would be in the parking lot that had slept in the church parking lot that night on the porch waiting, and we would literally have another 12 or 15-hour day we were filling up rooms. We were training people, throwing Derek Prince videos and Win Worldly videos at them and reading everything we could. You know, uh, Apostle Eckhart trying to figure out the demon names. We didn't know what we were doing, right? We were just reading the Bible and we were just going for it. And we were literally in rooms eating breakfast and, and casting out demons and learning how to do it. And people scrawling and throwing up and falling around the floor. So mass deliverance for us was a necessity. I said, we have got to work smarter, not harder. And so I began to find videos on YouTube from an old Baptist preacher named Wynn Worley that's now in heaven. And I began to kind of formulate my manual after him and watch some Derek Prince and Don Basham and a lot of the, the greats, you know, from Bob Larson and a lot of the guys have been doing this for a long time, both living now and in heaven. And so I just told our staff, let's just try it. Let's just get up and do what we do with an individual but kind of elongate it. Let's go deeper. Let's do as many renunciations. Let's do some repentance. Let's do some forgiveness work. Let's break off witchcraft, generational curses, and then just see what happens. And the first night we had registration. I was so scared. I'm like, let's have 120 people. I I bet you 50 people aren't going to show up. But if they do, let's cap it at 120 and we're not going to let it get out of the bank. You know, and I was all nervous and I thought I was going to get up and have two hours of silence. We're going to read. I was going to renounce. People are going to forgive folks and be done with it. <laughs> well, 165 people showed up for the first one. That's the smallest one we've ever had in two in, in a full year of 52 solid consecutive weeks, no break of mass deliverance every single Sunday night. Hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people are showing up. And I got up. We did it. And I'm telling you right out of the gate, those devils started coming up. I mean, Wow. It's like people were drinking butter. They were just slipping out. I mean, it wasn't even hard. It wasn't even difficult. They were just being coming out everywhere. People were crying, falling down, convulsing. And I'm like, whoa, what have we got here? And so it just began at that moment. And we still do uh, daily sessions with people, individual sessions. People are still driving in. We still do Zoom sessions, Zoom calls. And so it's nonstop. I mean, it's a full-time job. I literally right now, if we, if we, took everything else off the table, or if we were able to somehow financially focus, I could have 50 full-time trained deliverance workers that did nothing but deliverance, and they would be busy every day, all day long. That's how many calls and requests and drive-ins and pop-ins and people that are just begging. People are starving to death, and they're just showing up at our church. So mass deliverance for us was a group setting of necessity because we could not sustain the numbers of people that were showing up. Well, Pastor Greg, this podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. Mm. Can you lead people who are needing to be set free? Maybe there's some issue, some demonic issue, some sin, there's something taking place in their life. Can you lead us by faith 
for deliverance, for freedom, for those people who are either watching or listening into this right now needing to be free. Absolutely. You know, sometimes deliverance for people can be very progressive, but sometimes it can be very, very quick. And a lot of people, they don't have to throw up. They don't have to scream. Their head's not going to you know, spin around on an axis. They're not going to fly around the room while they're watching this. You know, sometimes people manifest very dramatically. The Bible says the devils believe and tremble. And so people still tremble. They get the shakes. Things happen. You know, we got vomit bags and people laugh at us. They're like, why do you have those airline bags? I'm like, because it's about to get turbulent around here real quick. It's about to get wild, wild west. But for some people, it can be very quick. Sometimes it's just as much as breaking off a generational curse, maybe from a secret society, from the Masonic Lodge or something that happened years ago in your heritage, in your lineage with your ancestor. It could be a spirit of rejection. You know, babies can actually be born out of the womb with a spirit of rejection. If that mother did not want that baby, that baby can sense that. And that evil entity can use that as an opportunity to come against that child and put it under that generational curse. And it can be born in all of that man or that woman's life. They can't figure out why they feel so rejected, why they feel so isolated. It's a spiritual condition. Molestation. The spirit of abuse causes people to experience all kind of shame and guilt. So I want people to understand, some people cough, they yawn, they cry. Sometimes it just feels like a Mack truck just drove out of your chest, right? It's just an overwhelming sense of peace. So before I pray, here's what I want people to understand. Demons have one job, and really only one job that they have been given from their commander-in-chief. And an evil spirit's number one job is to take your peace. They don't care how they take your peace, but they always take your peace. They may do it through infirmity. They may do it through your marriage falling apart, through a prodigal child. They may do it through uh, some type of a a sickness in your body, mental deficiency. They may do it through uh, anything, nightmares. And so evil spirits come for the purpose of torment. And so I just want to take a couple of moments and pray and ask the Lord to just just set some people free from from these entities that they're experiencing. And again, we, we can help much deeper. We can help much longer. We can help people. But I just want you to bow your head right now, and I just want you to begin to just receive from the Holy Spirit. And right now, I say, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd begin to reveal to people right now the the inner recesses of their heart. Lord, bring to their mind right now some of the deepest, darkest pain, some of those difficult memories of abuse. Lord, I pray that you'd bring to their mind right now that husband, that wife, that father, that mother, that person that they need to forgive. Lord, may they understand that evil spirits, these demons, will never cross the barrier and the boundary of someone's bitterness. And so we come against every spirit of bitterness right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I come against every spirit of unforgiveness right now that is keeping people bound. Every spirit of heaviness, Isaiah 64 and verse one, we come against the spirit of heaviness and we put on the garment of praise. All depression right now in the mighty name of Jesus, you manifest and go, you come up and out of that man. You come up and out of that woman, out of that young person. They will be victorious. They will get off that couch. They will be able to get off of that mind altering medication. In Jesus' name, all oppression up and out right now. In Jesus' mighty name, I come against every spirit of grief, every spirit of grief from loss, the loss of a marriage, the loss of a spouse, the loss of a pet, the loss of a family member, the loss of a parent or a child, all grief up and out right now. In Jesus' mighty name, grief is a massive, massive demonic force in the American church. Come out grief right now in Jesus' name, every spirit of fear. God's not giving us the spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. And right now on this broadcast, I speak love over you. I speak peace over you. Holy Spirit, send the angels of God right now into every living room, into every car, into every place of work, into every church, into every spot. This is being watched and will be rewatched later. May the angels of God come and make the work easy. Finish the work that the name of Jesus has begun. Every spirit of fear, come out. Every spirit of fear of death, 
fear of divorce, fear of, of darkness, come out right now. Every single spirit of fear, we come against you right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I break off every generational curse of witchcraft over your family. Everything from the Ouija board when you were a child, we break that curse. All tarot card readings, palm readings, we come against that. We come against all of that hypnosis, mind reading, whatever it may be. In the name of Jesus, every occult spirit, we bind you now. We yeah. break your power right now. And I come against every spirit of infirmity. All infirmity, you must obey the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You come up and out, every spirit causing cancer, every spirit causing migraines, every spirit causing scoliosis, curvature of the spine, all infertility in every womb. We come against every generational curse that has caused this. In Jesus' mighty name, the God of Israel testifies against you. The blood testifies against you, devil. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. I release into this very broadcast right now the spirit of adoption. Everyone suffering with the orphan spirit, come out, orphan spirit. All that rejection, all that pain from your past, that trauma, up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. And we release that spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. May the love of the Father right now completely envelop you. May the love of the Father completely immerse and baptize someone in this broadcast right now, right now. And fear has torment. We cast out all fear through the presence of the Father, through the love of the Father. And so right now, if you're just, if you're yawning, you're coughing, you're crying, you just take authority over it. You have more authority with your voice than I even do right now. I want you to say, just come out in the name of Jesus. You come out right now. Every infirmity come out. All spirits of witchcraft come out. And I promise you, they will. So look, if we've given you just enough, because this is just a short snippet. If we've given you just enough to agitate that spiritual entity on the inside of you, then look, this afternoon when that thing starts coming back, you start having nightmares. Here's what you do. You say, you come out. You come out. By the authority given me in the name of Jesus, you come out. And I want to encourage you and understand this, and I'm about to do a whole broadcast on this very soon. You can cast a demon off a property and out of a house and a child's bedroom just as well as you can out of a body. Take authority over your home. Take authority over your house. Get a get a hefty scent sack and go around your house and get rid of everything that's involved in the occult. Get rid of those horror movies. Get rid of those dream catchers. Get rid of all of those things in your house, burning sage, all that nonsense. Get rid of everything connected to the occult. And when you do, you go around your house and you anoint the doorways and you say, spirit of witchcraft, come out in Jesus' name. Because if you don't get it out of your house, it's going to keep coming back and keep coming back. So, Father, bless every person that hears this right now. Fill them with the love of the Father. If they are not saved, may they bow their knee right now and repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you that deliverance is the children's bread. And just in these moments right now, Father, I pray we'll hear testimonies to come of people being radically set free through the power of the name of Jesus. Do it, Lord, we pray. Free your people right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Jesus, my name. So guys, I'm talking to Pastor Greg Locke about his new movie, Come Out in Jesus' Name. We're talking about deliverance. His movie is being released March 13th. I want to encourage you guys, bring your church groups, bring unbelievers, bring anybody, everybody, your friends, family to this movie. Pastor Greg, what is the best way for people to get more information about Come Out in Jesus' Name? If they just go to comeoutinjesusname.com, it'll have all the information. They can type in their zip code and things like that and find exactly where they can uh, have a location. We're trying to add more dates, more times, more locations as they're selling out. If you have one that's sold out in your area, 
please keep going back to the website because we are going to open up more boxes or call your local theater and be like, look, y'all not showing this. I'll buy 20 seats. I'll buy 50 seats. I'll buy the theater out. Get people there. Because what people need to know is it's not just a movie. At the end of that movie on March 13th, Fathom Entertainment, we're talking about a secular group. Once the credit scenes go and it goes dark, I actually come in live from our tent and I will be live for 30 minutes doing a mass deliverance in every single theater in America that this movie is playing in. So get people there. You'll hear what you heard a moment ago for 30 full minutes. We'll dive deep. We'll do some renunciations and get some people free. Oh, wow. I love that. That's amazing. Guys, I want to say thank you so much to Pastor Greg Locke for being thank my you. special guest today on Adventures in the Spirit. So check out PastorLocke.com as well uh, for more information about him, his ministry, his books, uh, and other resources has, he, that he has. And we're talking about the movie, Come Out in Jesus' Name. So go go to ComeOutInJesusName.com. And as always, subscribe and share Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, available anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Pastor Greg, Thanks again for being my Thank very you. special guest. Honored, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com. And may you live your best spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.